Hey, this is Groucho. And this is Judd. And this is show three of Don't Call It a Comeback. Don't Call It a Comeback. We've always been here. Yes, that's yeah. right. We're the longest running beer podcast, as far as we're concerned, from mm-hmm. central Illinois. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think we're the longest running beer podcast ever. Ever. In the history. That's a bold stroke, Judd, but... Uh, I'm a bold man. You are bold. You know the best thing about being a beer podcast, Chud? What's that? It's just getting beer handed to you for free. It is. Because, you know, we I, I'll never forget the, the first time, years ago. <laughs> I'm trying to think when that was. But okay, we, go we, ahead. You know, we'd gone to England, and we discovered that good beer actually existed. Yeah, true. And then Hobgoblin just happens to send us two boxes full of free swag. Just based on our uh, our video podcast. Yeah. Which we haven't done a video in a long time. I think the new studios may lend themselves to a new. Uh, I think they guest. might. I think I think you're right. Uh, so that that may be the advantage of the new studios. We kind of dissed on the last show, but mm-hmm. um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. This this right now tonight's show may be the last show ever from Studio B. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, Studio B is where. I learned to become a man. <laughs> oh, I don't want to know what happened. Uh, here, no, okay? was, no, no, <laughs> not, not here. You know, me- metaphorically. Okay, all right. Uh, metaphorically, you reading some strong novels at that point, or what? No, I just, I just realized that, I, like, I've grown. Like, like when I first, when we first started recording, when I, when I first came to Illinois, I was simply an angry boy, knowing yeah. very little about the world, thinking I knew everything. Angry boy. Yeah, and now, now I'm a man. Now I've got a divorce under my belt. Yes, well, that makes a man of you. I own a home. Certainly makes a certainly a subject to bring up when you're dating. Yeah, I own enough money to pay taxes. All right. I mean, I earn enough money to pay pay tax. Actually, I pay taxes. Where I'm actually like, motherfucker, those guys got a couple of grand of my fucking money. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah, I hate paying taxes because we always pay every year. Mm-hmm. All right, before we start getting into anything serious tonight, let's talk about some beer. I got, dude, this, look at the label. This, you know, this I has mean, got you written all over there, the There's about. a lot of beers that have been flirting with, like, metal and sort of evil labels. You this know, is over very time. evil. This is the most badass, most evil, like, evil death there's metal, like, black horn, metal. There's, like, goat horns on this chick. Yeah, there's a chick with goat horns, there's a pentagram, there's at least... There's a pentagram on there? Oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, yeah. there's three upside-down crosses. This is as satanic a beer as you're going to find. This is a Baltic porter. Who would think a Baltic porter should be satanic? Um, got, Apparently, the guys at Three Floyds. Yeah, which... You know, and you know what I think it's cool? Because they even do, like, a metal show. Like, the do last they? the last Dark Lord Day was, like, a it, day-long metal fest. You're right, on top it was of, a metal fest, you're right. Yeah. Let me uh, read a description of the spear. This is the uh, full-bodied Baltic porter loaded with roasted chocolate and coffee notes with a crisp finish is just the beer if you want to get the better of an unsuspecting barbarian from a chimera. Art by Tim Leia. Get the better of an unsuspecting barbarian by chimera. Yeah. That's kind of confusing. That is confusing. Threefloyds.com. Okay. All right. Beerport spatula. Three Floyds really disappoints. Yeah, I'll you definitely know. give them that. And uh, this beer, while not sent to us free from a distributor, was uh, sent to us free from uh, a friend of Groucho. So, cheers to you, Cody. 
Yeah, thank you. Because three Floyds is such a weird thing around here. Like it you is. Know, you'll get it sometimes, and other times you, there's just no hope of ever seeing any of it anywhere. I don't know how that works. This is pouring with dark goodness. This is pouring not super thick, no. but pretty thick. You got a nice head on yours. I didn't quite get that on mine. Oh, it smells unbelievable. Oh, Jesus Christ, that smells good. Yeah, Baltic Porter. Now, honestly, our experience with Three Floyds is generally Dark Lord and uh, Gumball Head and mm-hmm. Pride and Joy, Alpha King. Mm-hmm. have not had really a lot of dark beer other than Dark Lord from them. Yeah, you know, you're right. And um, that that is very true. And Baltic Porter is a style you really don't see a whole lot of in our uh, area. At no, least. actually, it, I can't it's, it's, all, it's almost nearly impossible. What was to the get last dark. Baltic Porter you had? I don't even remember. <laughs> exactly. Part of me is like, I, I, I'm pretty sure I've had one at some point, but I don't <sighs> really even know. You and I had a Dark Lord at uh, Christmas, I think. Oh, my God, this smells good. This, this, this smells. It smells great, so let's uh, let's dive in and see what we got. Oh, oh wow, that's amazing. That's good. You know what? Wait, what's amazing about this? I can definitely tell it's a porter and like you, not a stout or yeah, something else. Like, <laughs> I, this may sound hackney, but I uh, tinny. You get this like tinny, tinny. Uh, Porter taste. I, I know what you mean, and it's hard to it's hard to describe. But it's not a, a stout taste. It's not that rich uh, mm-hmm. coffee taste. It's just like this. Um, it's just, mm-hmm. I don't want to say metal. It, well, you but, know, you know, it, it kind of is. It's like it, it, if you turned your reverb onto the plate setting, <laughs> which okay. musicians would understand. That all thing. right, no all right. Else so would. this is a musician speak. Yeah. Man, it is rich, though. Mm. It's super rich, but it's still got all that bite and that slap on it. Yeah, but it's not. It doesn't like have that really... thickness. It is basically it has that lightness to it, but mm-hmm. lightness. But it, it is just a black beer with lightness. How does that? Does that sound? But nice? it's still super thick at the same time. Oh, man, this, this is, is uh, yeah. this is nice. It. The other thing, I, there's no fade on this beer. Sometimes with Three Floyds beer, I always worry that I'm going to get like a beer that should have been really hoppy but then faded because mm-hmm. it's a Dark Lord thing. I mean, I, I've been jaded by that. Uh, this beer just mm-hmm. feels right all the way around. I wonder when this is bottled. I have no idea. Yeah, no, no date. Excuse me. No date. Oh, I almost look. You almost see a, a, a nipple on there. Let me see. We get a little satanic nipple action. I could use some of that right now. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I'm not seeing a nipple. The nipples are covered up. Okay. The sure. nipples are are definitely before the nuts. That's a good sign. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> Which you've never listened to the Beer Report Nipples and Nuts Show. That's. That's going to be like episode 24 or something That's like one that. of my absolute favorite shows. Yeah, I meant day. to do some... Uh, epi- While we were waiting for episodes of the Beer Report to show up, I, I meant to mm-hmm. throw some classics out there. But since the Beer Report Studios were in limbo of being sold, mm-hmm. I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to get all the recording equipment out. And I just mm-hmm. kind of opted out of that part. But uh, yeah, Nipples and Nuts, if you want to go back to that, that was a great episode. That was a great episode. Yeah. That's one of the few that keeps me laughing my ass off yeah. still to this day. 
Now, the, being this is part three. Now, mm-hmm. one of the things we talked about the last two episodes, because we uh, have not recorded in a long time, uh, we talked mm-hmm. about your divorce, and that, that kind of mm-hmm. chummed the, the fucking waters for all kinds of disasters there. But uh, then we had episode two, where we talked about moving from Beerport Studios. Mm-hmm. Moving from Beerport Studios, and, uh, Rusty and the band breaking up. Mm-hmm. So that there's all that. And then, really, this episode here is probably the coup de grace and why we haven't recorded in the last probably two months. Mm-hmm. This is uh, We're going to talk about uh, Grandpa Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grandpa Jim passed away, and uh, he was your grandfather. Mm-hmm. He was my step grandfather, and uh, he went through a long process of uh, doing the hospice care, and uh, passed away mm-hmm. in his home. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. And I know that's very serious. I know it's not typical beer report fair, but honestly, for us not recording for the last three or four months, this mm-hmm. is probably the reason for the last three months why we, you and I have not sat down because... If not six months, because he was in uh, the hospital constantly. But but not necessarily that. You spent a lot of time with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, so whenever we had a free moment, it just didn't happen because mm-hmm. uh, you were with him the whole time. So, mm-hmm. um, so you know, I, I don't want to make this like an interview of Chud, but seriously, uh, Chud, Chud put his last... You put you put your heart and soul in the last couple months with Grandpa Jim, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I did, and uh, you know it was a weird it, it was a weird thing. Um, <laughs> thanks for warning me toward the microphone. Yeah, again. Chud, yeah, get to the microphone, bitch. Um, you, you know what? And I don't I don't know if you know this because I don't know if you were there um, or got the story, but I was really. As he died, I was the last one with him. I knew that because uh, Dad told me. I've, I've maybe he told you, but it was just weird. Like I could just like I knew he was like hanging on by it, like a few threads. Dude, when I was with you a week before that, I felt like he was holding on by a thread. Well, yeah, I, I remember that because I I felt like I felt mm-hmm. like every breath was the last breath. Because I, I saw him twice before the the last night I show, I saw him, and both nights when I left, I was like, I don't know if I'll see you tomorrow, dude. You know, yeah. yeah. But uh, I thought I just noticed his breaths getting slightly shallower. Yeah, you know, and I was like, in you know, he had said, but really before he went, some of the things that he like wanted and hoped for, you know, as far as when he went. I mean, I just. I was just, I don't know, for whatever reason, I was just talking to him. Mm-hmm. Just because. But I was just like, you know, it sucks that it was because of this, but the way the last two weeks have felt, it reminded me of when, like, when we were kids. You know, because when we were kids, the whole family was together all the time. All the time. Every weekend. Yeah. Like, like basically all my grandfather's, you know, children and all of his cousins, all 16 of us. Mm-hmm. Like, we were together all the time. We spent tons of time together and especially me you know as the oldest i got weirder than fuck well, you know? and, and yeah you were the oldest of the grandchildren yeah and um okay yeah but anyway you know i i just it was just worth things i told him was like you know i'm sorry and it's just like how you wanted it man we're all back together and then he took one more breath and then he stopped I said, oh, shit. <laughs> really? Yeah, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, everybody get in here right now. Right <laughs> like, now. This is it. Yeah. I, just, I just realized I said that to him, 
and and the way he breathed right after that, and he had one tear roll out of his left eye. He's serious. And I was like, oh fuck, oh fuck, this is it. And I just I just knew. I said for whatever you know, it's one of those things. That it's just I mean, and really you have to look at it's just coincidence. It just happened to work out that way. But I don't care how much of coincidence that is. That doesn't mean it's not going to fuck with you. Oh, the rest of your life. Yeah. You're going to own that. Yeah. Yeah. So then I got, like, Dad. I think, well, I can't remember who else was there right now. I know Megan, Mandy, and, um, yeah, um, Terry. Yeah. You know, it's funny because... Uh, the the whole thing. We're, this is a serious beer report, so don't don't mistake mm-hmm. us for being comical in this episode. And there'll be we'll joke a few times, but um, I my whole family on my side because we're step brothers. Mm-hmm. A lot of people question sometimes that we're actually brothers. We're step brothers. Mm-hmm. On my well, side, I, I want to say one thing just before even getting in that. Okay, like. Technically, we're stepbrothers. We are. I want, I want to very much say that's a technicality. It is. I, I never have said he's my stepbrother. He's my brother. No, and it was never. It's it's never ever been like that. And I think that's how your family should be. If you ever wonder about that, that's how it should be for you. That's true. That it does create a few waves of weirdness. You know, <laughs> I or where or just maybe just differences in perspective on certain people, but. Don't ever let your step siblings be anything other than your well, siblings. We were lucky that uh, my my dad had passed away, so I had never had another family like sitting on the other edge. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens to a lot of step families. You always have like a, another family that the other sibling goes to, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, "Oh, this, they're always trying to treat me better." It's not a split personality family, you know. Mm-hmm. You and I were brothers. We were always brothers. Mm-hmm. So when I say step brother, but anyway, Grandpa Jim was not my blood grandfather mm-hmm. like he was yours yeah and obviously and you were older when he came into the picture too i guess yeah that's yeah. true um god we got distracted because i don't remember sorry what I, I, I don't you, mean you to totally, keep interrupting you you, you threw me off because i don't even know where i was going with it so for me um i'd known grandpa jim since i was eight years old mm-hmm. you know i'd spent a lot of time with him uh you had known him since you were born Obviously, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I had went to college, and I mean, you were still riding on Grandpa Jim in his his truck, mm-hmm. his old Ford Ranger, yeah, <laughs> red to, Ford Ranger, yeah, up to Dave's supermarket, you know, for just for the fuck of it, uh-huh. you know. So obviously, you were a lot closer to the guy. Um, those were actually that's a sweet memory in my mind it's just, it lingers there for me I have a lot of memories when I was a kid we spent a lot of time uh, he introduced us to the family and we weren't we weren't actually blood but uh, when we were 8 9 years old at mm-hmm. Christmas time it was like a bounty yeah you know, my brother and I uh, brother chump Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had our first Christmas with the with the rat burns, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, it was it was amazing. We we're just like, you know, who are these people? It was it was crazy. We'd celebrated Christmas with our family for years and years and years, mm-hmm. and then we met these guys for the first time, and they treated us like kings. And then every Sunday, we spent every Sunday with them, and uh, I don't remember how much of that you would have known. I mean, we just every Sunday was. 
you know, Uncle Mary was a teenager. He has drums upstairs. <laughs> Teresa was a, a cheerleader. Uh, you know, we we saw. Oh, yeah, I was forget about that. Yeah, yeah, we saw all the younger versions, of all those guys that you don't even know because you're ten years mm-hmm. younger. Um, we just saw the whole come and go. We saw them dating everybody. We saw, you know, we saw Penny being a girlfriend. <laughs> we saw, you know, we we just saw all kinds of stuff back in the day, mm-hmm. and uh, it's funny how how just life changes. I'm trying to think of the dates we're dealing with here. We're talking about early 80s, and then we're going through the mid-80s and the late 80s. And uh, you know, by the time the 90s roll around, that's you know that's when you're eight or nine years old. Mm-hmm. And then you're starting to see things for the first time in your life. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's weird because when we were kids, we were all so close. I mean, we all just hung out together all the time. The whole family was tight. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it was really tight. And then, I mean, you know, we moved to Florida. Um, Mary and Joy split up. You know, Tom and... Yeah, sneeze. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, Tommy Boy and his wife split up. You know, and it just... Everything spun out of control. <laughs> and, it, and it was really strange for me, I guess, I don't know, because I'm the oldest of, like, the 16 Rathbun cousins. You are. And I'm also the weirdest by far. I don't know. I've well... Seen, I've seen some weirdness. I mean, maybe I'm not the weird. You know, in some ways, I'm the most grounded. But Jesus. I just, Sorry. I just come from a different perspective in some ways, you know? Having... Moved away from Illinois, where the rest of them lived here. Well, that that was the key with our parents. They moved down to Florida, mm-hmm. uh, got away from the rest of the whole clan. But I will say, with, with Grandpa passing away, with me spending a lot of time with him here, mm-hmm. um, you know, the last couple of months, like my place is like the elder Ratburn, <laughs> kind of came into focus a little bit more. Think so. Yeah, where I found, like, my cousins looking at me as, like, the leader of the band, basically. And it really? was kind of odd, and I didn't, I didn't expect that they would. I would not see that either. As, as Honestly, as you're the, the outsider, probably, of all of them. Mm-hmm. But I found, and well, even, like, when, when Grandpa passed, I realized I was the one taking care of some of my aunt and uncles. Really? It was like, it was like me and Dad together were like a team running well, the show and it was it, and it was interesting in where he became like the leader of him running you know his his brothers and sisters and actually me taking on even part of that with some of the brothers and sisters at times and then i realized all of a sudden i was the one wrangling the cousins it was me and me and maggie were like the ones who were running the, running the cousins even i've had um you know the youngest of my cousins actually been stopping by my house just to talk about life and stuff and really yeah, and it it's just it weird it's it brought back this whole thing, but there's a whole new dynamic and I it's one of those things I realize like, man, I, I really am the adult and I'm the leader of this band and I have to make sure I like take care of them a little bit because they're looking to me for good life advice and I have to realize, okay, you know what, I've I've fucked up everything and I know I, I know <laughs> I know a few things now because maybe I never saw myself as some pioneer of mayhem, but now I kinda realize I am and I'm they're looking for me to, to to not screw up the same way maybe I did, and it's just it's just interesting. I've... 
That is interesting. That uh, I, I didn't expect that to come out of this whole thing. I wouldn't expect that the other cousins would show up at your place. And uh, you know what? You spent a lot of time with Grandpa at the very end. Mm-hmm. And uh, I admire you. I, I admire you like crazy for that. Uh, it's tough because you know, for me, you know, Grandpa Jim was who he was, but uh, he was not my blood grandfather. Mm-hmm. And I, I've witnessed. Well, I'm a witness. But I, I, my other grandfather has died, and my other grandfather is still alive. Grandpa Jim is a step grandfather, but uh, I still felt very close to him. But mm-hmm. uh, I never, I never, I never felt like he was. He didn't like fill in a void or something. He wasn't like that third grandfather to me. Mm-hmm. But he was still there. He was a great guy, and I loved him mm-hmm. to death. And actually, in, in all reality, he was probably just as tight as any other grandfather to me. But. I I live vicariously through what you had done for grandfather. Uh, it, it meant a lot to me as far mm-hmm. as I, I knew you were there all the time for him. I, what you, what you did you know at the, at the last days? Mm-hmm. To, well, you know that we probably should backtrack as far as how you should die and all that stuff because we talked about that that night still. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I admire what you did. Well, the thing is, I real I, I realized that, especially as he started got in the end, like I wanted. It seems weird, and maybe it's morbid, but I I wanted to be there when he went. Yeah, like I I wanted to be the one who was there. Yeah, because I don't know. I, you know, I I've spent a lot of my life breaking my ass trying to be half as hardcore as I ever saw him as being. Yeah. Like I, I, to a weird extent, a lot of the worst parts of the things I have ever done, that like probably to myself as far as just breaking myself was ever trying to live up to the mythological badassness that I <laughs> I somehow saw him as as, yeah. as a kid because sure. you know as personable and as much as you knew he would love you no matter what. There was also this sort of monolithic stonewallness about him on certain things too. Yeah, we'd say, yeah, he would say, "Fuck you." <laughs> Serious. Well, he wouldn't say it, but he, he would stonewall you, like I said. There was just there were certain sorts of like, if it had to do with any sort of like personal failing or like weakness, he didn't talk about it. No, I mean, especially as we were growing up, he never mentioned anything about it, and. And it created this sort of mythological aspect that you were dealing with the most hardcore son of a bitch to ever walk the earth. Yeah. But you know what you don't realize is that up until he was the age that I am right now, he'd never had a child. Nope. That that's one thing that's hard to believe. Like this guy who had five kids and like sixteen grandkids, like he just started when he's the same age I am now. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Like, he was a whiskey-drinking, partying, smoking, wrecking six... He totaled out six cars. He drove a car... This is one of the great stories. He drove a car off a bridge. The post on the bridge ripped the seat of his pants out right under his fucking nuts and destroyed the whole bottom of the car. He landed in a creek... And the police just drove him home <laughs> and said, get some sleep, you're lucky. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I like the story when he's talking about how you flipped the car like 18 times, and he was leaning over his buddy, and he thought he was dead because there was blood everywhere. And he realized it was just the blood dripping out of his head 
And then some other people came by, and they just slapped a like a like a handkerchief on his face, and they went and drank for another four hours before they went home. Unbelievable stories. Yeah, like he should be dead, and none of this whole family should even exist. Exactly. When you think about that, yeah, it's his whole lineage. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, my stepfather shouldn't even exist because of that, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. But yet, you and I are together. Yeah, yeah, here we all are. But it, it, I always thought it was interesting, though. He started softening up real. I mean, the motherfucker was like 86. He only softened up in the last two years of his life. What, what would you say softened up? <laughs> well, or he actually started telling some like more human stories and talking about you. But even, it's, it's weird because he could be so personable. He could be so to where he would get into some personal aspect of your stuff. But even up until he died, mm-hmm. he would never address like A, B, and I splitting. Like, he would just act like it didn't exist. You know, that's the funny thing about him. He was always a stonewall when it came to personal relationships and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I think he tried to live by example and not preach. Mm-hmm. You, would you agree to that? Well, yeah, and that's 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 what makes him a guy who I feel like I know more than anyone else in this whole world. I feel like I related to him in some ways, more than anyone else I've ever known my whole life, yet he's also the most mysterious bastard that I've that See, I ever run yeah, into. Yeah, I agree with that, because the hardest thing for me to, to understand, and I'm not an artist, but and I'm not a creep, I, I feel like maybe I create a little bit, mm-hmm. but I never could figure out, and I looked at his obituary, and that was the hardest thing for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, his obituary said, you know, he was the Knights of Columbus... Grandkids, you like going to to Davies supermarket, mm-hmm. you know, and and visiting with his friends, but it didn't say what's his legacy, you know. And to me, I'm like, man, I got to leave an imprint. I got to go places. I got to do things. I feel mm-hmm. like George Bailey and fucking uh, it's a wonderful life where I got to have the fucking suitcase with all the stamps on the side of it that says I've been here, I've been done that, mm-hmm. you know. Grandpa Jim didn't do any of that stuff. And yet somehow, the dude, I, I looked at him, he was always satisfied. He was always happy with what he had. He was happy with life. And he never, he didn't He didn't look like a guy who was disappointed in what he had. Mm-hmm. He didn't look like a guy who had the bad lottery ticket and just got fucked. He, he looked like a guy who won. Mm-hmm. So how do you do and, that and just live that life? You know, it, it, you know it, it, there's a couple lessons, like, overall... I would say God from him. One, there's one, it's just a level of integrity. To me, that is, like, amazing. And it was a story Aunt Teresa was telling about how she had a horse when she was a kid. Yeah. Who was just in fucking horrible shape. Yeah. Like, like for a long time. And uh, Teresa went up to him, and, she, and she's like, Dad, I, I, the horse, we, we need to put the horse down. And he's like, yeah, I know. We should have done it a year and a half ago, but I wanted you to come tell me. I wanted you to realize it for yourself, how to understand how to do what you need to do. Yeah. And that was that was his whole philosophy, really, on life. He would never, ever tell anyone. That's a weird thing. It, it's, it's the most hardcore way of forcing you to become your own human being, which I think is fascinating, is that he made a point to never, ever tell anyone what he thought 
because he didn't because he wanted to know you had your own integrity. He did. And it wasn't he, coming from him. Yeah, he never judged in, in, in a direct way. He made you realize. Yeah, and I just think no matter no matter how much you just wanted his opinion on something, anything, he was going to make you figure it out for out for yourself. Yeah, he true. he wasn't going to give you any easy out. He was going to let you blame him or let you think of him as he was going to make you make your own decision as a man. Yeah. And that, and really, when the more I think about it, as I've gotten older, that takes a level of integrity far beyond anybody else rambling off their opinion on whatever the hell they I think. think about some, it. Yeah, no, you know, the, the thing about that is, it, it makes you appreciate time because you can make a statement right now. Do you mm-hmm. do you believe is fact? And you may throw it at somebody, and they may mm-hmm. not be in that realm. They even understand what you're saying. He didn't even do that. He he just basically. Let you generate and, and go mm-hmm. through the whole flow, and, and he would tell you, but you'd have to appreciate it when they actually, if you were smart enough to understand mm-hmm. it's a culminated. I don't, yeah, well, it's just like, for example, and, and the one thing, let's put it, this is a guy who read the newspaper front to back every day of his entire life. Yeah. He. Devoured every piece of news you could ever imagine. Yet no one, no one, other than maybe Mary, and I don't even know about that because I haven't pried it out of her. Yeah. Him? No, like, no one knows what his political beliefs were. Nobody. True. True because, story. Because he said that I don't think I should discuss that because I might lose a good friend. You know, and our dad, bully, our dad has done that to this day. He will never tell you who he voted for. No. I always kind of thought I might know who he voted for. Mm-hmm. Our dad has never told us. Whereas my kids will tell you who I voted for yeah. last election. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And when they bitched that Bob Barr mm-hmm. wasn't on the Catholic school election form. Yeah. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Like, dad, we tried to vote for Bob Barr, but knew who that was. <laughs> <laughs> but... But, I mean, what kind of integrity does that say that no matter how much people even – I mean, interesting. most people give their opinion freely when no one wants it. Yeah. This He had, was in a situation where there was at least three dozen people dying, just waiting to grip on any uh, single yeah. word that would yeah. possibly roll out of his mouth. But he kept the personal integrity of the beliefs that he had. It's like, you know what? No, you have to figure it out for yourself. Yeah, and that's a kind of heavy thing. The more I think about it, the more as I get older, that takes a kind of an amazing level of restraint to be like, you know what? No, I have to let you figure this out on your own. Yeah, no, that's kind of a deep thing, and it's, it makes him that much more mysterious in a way. But it also impresses me, I guess, that yeah. he had the integrity to not he he had the strength to keep his mouth shut when no one else could. That's tough. That, I mean, that's a subject, honestly. People, uh, it's a hot and cold thing. So I, I don't, I, you know, I, the funny thing is about it. Uh, I don't, I never got a whole political thing out of the whole family. Now, my side of the family, every time you sit down at a dinner table, it's always politics. Oh yeah, yeah. Where yeah, that's totally different. Yeah, it is. But when you talk about your side of the family, the, the step side of the family, politics, politics aren't even a subject. Mm-mm. It isn't. And that's fine. That's great. You know, that's actually probably better in the long run. Hey, I want to go back to Grandpa Jim. Okay. Uh, we're still we're still decent on our 
Baltic Porter from mm. Three Floyds Brewing Company. I know we got a little serious there for a few minutes. Yeah, so this is fucking ridiculous. This is a crazy good beer. Uh, last episode, we had the Speedway Stout from Ale Smith, and we mm. thought that was killer. I'm not going to say this is quite up to that par, but uh, this is a damn good beer. This is it, It's a good beer. It, you might, know, it, it might be one of the best Three Floyd beers I can recall in recent history. And what's interesting to me about this, it's this good, but it's a porter through and through. Like, you know this is Dude, a porter. Dude, when was the last time we had a great porter? Yeah, can't, I mean, you can, have, it, can you? you can have some good porters, but this is like a fantastic porter. Yeah. And the satanic labels help you out a lot. Well, yeah, that helps me out. Yeah, I mean, this looks like <laughs> Is a, there dark a goat thing. somewhere on that thing. Uh, well, she's got goat horns. It looks like a dark funeral cover, basically. And if you're metal enough to know who that is, then you should be all right. I don't. No. Okay. So, Grandpa Jim, oh, mm-hmm. this is this is a thing that that kills me about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when all my family, I'm thinking uh, Grandma G. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the great-grandparents and stuff like that, they all died in their 70s. And maybe they were lucky they got to their 80s, you know, mm-hmm. because they wouldn't take their medication. They said, fuck the doctors and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. they all got to 70. They fucking, fucking died of heart attack. Everybody in my family is always sudden. Just bam, 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 bam. Nobody mm-hmm. fucking dies. It's not a long, drawn-out affair. Grandpa Jim, uh, the last year, struggles through health stuff. He had prostate cancer like twice he's fucking ate up he's on mm-hmm. pain meds like crazy and uh he tells the doctors fuck this i'm done just take me off the meds i'm i'm going home mm-hmm. and that at first it seemed like oh hey this is gonna be no big deal he's gonna go home he's gonna die it's gonna be in peace be everything he wants well it doesn't quite turn out quite that way it's not that simple. It's not, and I and I realized it because I know he wanted it to be that simple. He did, but but this this is the thing where me and him are similar enough, <laughs> bullheaded enough. Yeah, exactly. Stubborn okay. enough. Yeah. Where I was like, Grandpa, this is not going to be as easy as you want it to be. And he did want it that easy. He did. He, he was, at some point he said to Dad, mm-hmm. he said, "I'm sorry, I'm not. I haven't died yet." Yeah, and, and yeah, that he is, said that. That that I keyed off on him like. I, I'm not 85 years old, but I have a feeling when you're 85 years old and you've been riddled with this much shit and you've gone through this much medication, you're tired. Okay, and and I can understand apologizing to your kids. You've gone through this much shit. I'm sorry. I've dragged you through this. Well, we were sitting together in the hospital one night, and he said, it's "Like, he's like, you know, I love my family, and I love my wife, and I love being here, and I love." I love the people I'm around, but sometimes a body is more trouble than it's worth. <laughs> and it, it it says it just hurts too much to go on all the time. And I'm like, and that that was what killed me because he was still mentally so together. Absolutely, he 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 His wanted to be there. around everybody. Yeah, he wanted to be around everybody. He was just too screwed up to do it. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah. that's why you know when Grandma Jacarly died, what was she seventy something? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know she died suddenly from a heart attack because the woman wouldn't take any medication the doctor recommended to her. Yeah, but you know it was so weird with her because I was a little kid. Yeah, you were. She died. You were. But before she left, I remember the last time I saw her um, before she left to go to Florida, 
she told me she's like I'm not going to see you again Danny I love you very much but this is it this is we're done well and it, I, just, I just thought that was interesting that she knew she was done yeah but here's the thing you know I'm 40 something you know your body so mm-hmm. as a 40 something and I don't take a medication or anything like that but uh you know when you're you know when your blood pressure's up mm-hmm. you know when you're not at a healthy weight there's a lot of things that go on. And I imagine as you're 70, and like her, she wasn't taking any medications because she wasn't listening to anybody. She probably knew that her, her body just wasn't working right. You know, that's really interesting. That, that, that's a whole aspect of perspective. I hadn't even thought about it. Yeah. But, I okay, even me at 32, yeah. I've done enough horrible, stupid shit to my body to know. Like, I, I, like I know... I pretty distinctly what I can and can't do. I never even thought about what another 40 years in your body would do to your perception as yeah. far as that goes. It, it gets heightened. That's you interesting. Feel, that That's that's kind of cool. I never thought about it yeah, like you that. Feel, you feel your fucking heart pumping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get another 10 years on that fucking rig. Yeah. Yeah, you'll know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's interesting. That's kind of a cool perspective right there. Yeah. Uh where were we at? Uh, at that point, Grandpa decided, "I'm done with this shit. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to take it. I'm going to do it at home, and uh, that's it." And uh, I thought that's really brave. Like I said, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll he'll be done in a few months, and that that didn't happen. And uh, I think we, we well, maybe I'm rehashing, but. Uh, Well, what was he dealing with? Uh, four or five months at home, hospice. Well, as far as the hospice part, um, it ended up lasting two months, basically. Is that all it was? Yeah. But and I, I probably had three visits there. You were probably there what five or ten times? Who knows? But the thing is, I mean, he was up like every fifteen minutes. And it just at the at the end, he was just in this total like day and night, just all faded into one another. And yeah. I got to the point where he. One thing I've always found really fascinating. I don't know how this works. This is where the mind becomes extra fascinating. To yeah. Whereas, like that last week before he was really like gone, gone, and couldn't move or couldn't talk. Like he thought he was back farming. Like the whole week, he thought did, he did. He talk to you that way? Well, not to me necessarily. I, I remember. I remember hearing the story about Dwayne talking to him, saying the farming is done. Mm-hmm. You put away the tractor. Well, he see. He never talked to me that way. But when he was talking with to like Dad and Aunt Teresa, you know, it was all, like there was one time he was talking to Dad. He's like, "All right, I need you to go to put manure on the field, like the north." the north side field today and he was dead serious yeah and, and then like he closed his eyes and you know dad was just thinking like all right whatever he's being loopy like okay yeah dad i'll get that done and he just went back to like you know sitting in the chair and, like five minutes later grandpa opens up his eyes he's like i told you to get your ass up and go put the manure <laughs> in the north field why the hell are you still sitting there and dad's like oh all right so he went and walked into the kitchen and uh, you know and then showed up like an hour later but there was a lot of stuff like that, or like where um, Grandpa thought Dad had lost some wagon somewhere, so he wanted him. 
he wanted him and Teresa to get on the tractor and go look for it. With which the tractor turned into his wheelchair. And, oh, I heard they pushed him around. Yeah, but, but then when he got to the edge of the carpet and the linoleum, somehow that was like the edge of the property. And, and here's the... And there's part of me that says, okay, that was Grandpa's Dementia. You know, maybe at that point. But there's a real big part of me that... Knowing him as long as I did... And he kind of knew what was going on, and that's just what he would have wanted to do. And how he wanted would have wanted to kind of play with his kids a little bit. Last minutes. Yeah, there, there's a big part of me, the more I think about it, that he really wasn't as out of it as he made everyone think he was. Yeah. Because that's how he would have played that deal. To, to me... But do you sometimes think to yourself, like, maybe that was just part of a dream? I mean, have you ever been that that halfway conscious awake and dreaming and do you think maybe he was living in that i think so to some extent but i i just i you know i know there's just i don't know the older i've gotten the more i realized how much i subconsciously mirrored a massive amount of my life off like trying to emulate that guy. Yeah. Sometimes to good ends, sometimes to me destroying myself, <laughs> trying to live up to some mythological idea I had of him. Yeah. But I think he was actually fully around a lot more than what everyone thinks he was around for. I think a lot of it was him. There's a lot of part of it I think it was him wanting to play out some kind of like dream of his youth. Uh, and as much as a lot of people want to say it was like a totally unconscious thing, I, I, to me, I just have a natural feeling. I think he wanted, I think he, it was a little more conscious than hmm. one of those things where, yeah, maybe he was half in and half out, but I think some part of him knew what was going on and he wanted, he wanted to play it out like he was just farmer on his last run. <laughs> it was tough. Uh, the last time I saw him, and uh, I remember, you know, talking to him directly and touching him, and it just—it was uh, very hard for me because I haven't dealt with that. Because mm-hmm. my family dies suddenly, because they choose not mm-hmm. to live wisely. Uh, it, it was one of those things where you—you you wonder, you wonder what your know, grandpa was not talking, he was not uh, moving, he was still mm-hmm. he'd been probably seven days in, in his uh, bed and had just kind of been wheezing and looking and but he didn't talk mm-hmm. that was tough it was tough that was real tough yeah that was that was the worst um so at, at that point you wonder how much they know mm-hmm. how, how much do they see how much do they feel uh yeah you know, I, I i joke about this all the time at work I said, you know, I, I've been sick. I remember la- it was like two or three years ago I had bronchitis. Mm-hmm. And I remember laying in my bed for like, I, I went to the doctor. I said, you had bronchitis. I'm like, well, yeah, fuck, I knew that like two days ago. So I was fucking dying in my bed. Yeah. I remember laying in my bed. And I was fucking, I, I remember laying in my, I had 104 fever. And I'm laying in my bed and I had, I'm looking, I'm like, if I died right now, they'd be okay with me. <laughs> Seriously. You're at, yeah. at, at peace with yourself. You don't care about anything else existential 
you don't care about your kids, you don't care about your wife, you don't care about fucking anything. I'm fucking dying. I'm I'm sick. You know. What does it feel like at the end of your life? You know, versus something like that. Mm-hmm. You, just you cashed out your cards. I'm done. Or well, do you st- are you still fighting a little bit? Oh, so I remember. Like it was the last time he was in the hospital before he died, and I realized he used to always watch the clock. And he used to watch the clock just to try and figure out where he was in reality. And he was talking about how he, uh, there's like a, a couple hour stretch where he looked up at the clock and he couldn't see it anymore. Like it was just all blurry. Yeah. And he's like, all right, this is my time. And he, like, he had, and like he had himself all like prepared to go. Like he was ready to die then. He was ready to die. I think he was ready to die a lot of times. And then he came back. And I don't know if he ever really knew how to deal with that. Was he disappointed? Yeah, I, I think he kind of was. Yeah. I think he was kind of disappointed because I think he just knew it was going to be kind of more pain and more drawn out. We talked and, about it earlier in the episode where he said he apologized to Dad for saying, I'm sorry I'm not dead yet. Yeah, and that's and, and that's sad, and I kind of feel bad about that because, it, you know, it's weird. It's like as older guy, he started, I mean, he started telling me so many stories of him just being, like, trashed and being <laughs> drunk with strange women he didn't know. And, like, at some point, I'm like, the, the, the story's just fascinating to me that you can only imagine, like, talking about he, he got drunk with some girl that he wanted to sleep with, and they were supposed to drive back to, like, Fairbury so he could, like, nail her. Fairbury. Yeah. Right. So anyway, he, dro- he drove the wrong direction out of Peoria, and they drove for like two hours thinking they were going to hit. Yeah. So in there, and so they had to get a hotel room because they were both wasted and drove the wrong direction for two fucking hours. Yeah. I mean, uh, here's the thing: our grandpa had a code name. It was Jass Edwards. Yeah. And his, his pickup line was, well, I'm Jass Edwards. I just rolled on the midnight train coming in from Oklahoma. I'm just staying the night here. Nice. That that was his story. Which, even in the hospital. Well, he got married when he was 30. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, like, my cousins didn't know this story. Apparently, somehow, I ended up being the only co- only person who knew this How's story. How's that possible? I mean. I don't know, but I. I it, I, yeah, I don't know how. How was I the only one to know this? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I mean, I, I mean, Dad probably knew the story, right? I mean, yeah, he 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 knew it, but like none of us cousins I, I, did. I, I'm just guessing that Mary and all those guys didn't know that story. No, and so I was with the uh, Aaron and Caleb in the hospital, and I got him to tell the story. But it was so funny. He's in a hospital, but he could barely move. And he gets this like old man swagger action going on as he delivers his fucking pickup line. Yeah. And I'm like, you dirty old son of a bitch. You're like pulling it right back up. Yeah. And I'm like that. I was like, how the fuck did that work? You knew everyone within like a 60 mile radius by like four generations going back. How, how far did you have to go from Mayberry to find some chick who didn't know who the fuck you oh, were no, and tell no. that story? It's a whole to? different age, man. When I was. When I was 18 in Mayberry, nobody knew mm-hmm. who you were outside of city lines. Really? Nobody in Chinoa knew who you were versus uh, Forrest. Fuck no. They didn't know it. Really? No, God I no. figured they'd all know who you were. No. No. Fuck. Yes, yeah, before the internet, but nobody knew who anybody was back then. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Come on. Ah, shit. To Grandpa Jim. Yeah, to Grandpa Jim. As, as I've said, the most powerful and 
mysterious force in life that I think I could ever know. I've ever known. You know, and, and the mysterious thing kicks into me because I think of the legacy thing. That that's what kills me. Mm-hmm. The obituary. I just, you know, why is it we feel so incomplete unless we've thrown something out there? You know, we're known for. People die every day without something that's. People die every day without a legacy piece on their obituary. Why is it now that we feel like we have to accomplish something? Every individual right now feels like they have mm-hmm. to do something great. Where did well, that come from? Yeah, and, and, uh, well, I don't know about that, but here's the thing. Your legacy is every interaction you have with any other living thing in your whole life. That's what your legacy is. Every single person you inspire, every person you spend time with, that that's your legacy. Every, every person you influence in even the slightest way. So, like, every time you're kind to another human being. That's a zen. You, I feel like that's a zen. Like, you've put that drop in the water. Every time someone you saw, maybe a coworker at work, looks sad, you said, hey, how you're doing today? That's your fucking drop in the water. You know? Every time you spend made with your you know your niece and nephew or your brother or sister or your parents you know and maybe by your example you maybe by your example and you expressing the worth of that moment to another human being that's your drop in the water yeah and you'll never know exactly how far that goes no but you know what but when i look at okay well here uh margaret's Father died, and I'm not going to dwell mm-hmm. on this very much because, I don't, again, this is uh, this is our show. Now, this is one of the few things. I, there's very few things I feel like shitty about in life. I really, I, I, I've never known how to broach that subject with her. Margaret's, I really, Margaret's dad. Yeah, I've really. I've Margaret's dad of, fucked up his life, but let's just say this. Yeah, but I've really felt like I should have said something to her that should have been deep or meaningful, and I didn't know what the fuck to ever say. Anytime it, it's hard to say because you know what. That doesn't matter. Anyway, we're going to get beyond that. Um, You look at a guy like Margaret's dad, Mm -hmm. and uh, his funeral was literally, they uh, incinerated him, they ashed him, they threw him in a plot that was unmarked. His his wife at the time, um, fuck, it was unmarked. And the flag went to a cousin from Missouri and fucking drove off it. And... Nobody has spoke since then. It's the weirdest shit in the world. And then I, you know, I look at a guy like Grandpa Jim who he didn't fucking conquer Wall Street. He didn't fucking be in the school board. He wasn't celebrated as a politician. Um, he was just a normal every guy. And yet he had a, a funeral procession. In uh, Mayberry, that uh, lasted probably four or five fucking hours. Yeah, and think about this: almost everyone who was this contemporary was already dead. Yeah, well, he that, outlived that, all of his friends. That's just how much impact he had on people who weren't even there to really know him as him the way his contemporaries would have. True. That's impressive. Yeah. No. Here's when I'm dead at eighty. I could only hope to have known, you know, known and be established, mm-hmm. and, and and be 
substantial those people because you know a lot of people by the time you're 80 years old mm-hmm. but to be substantial and worth appreciation at that point that's a tough part you, yeah. you can you can be you can be just I say not worth a whole lot at that point at 80 years old you be a closet and nobody knows who you are and you die mm-hmm. uh, unloved and that that would be probably pretty common yeah well, you know, I just, I just think it's kind of interesting that uh, um, our sister, you know, Sister Sly put together what was considered the book. Yeah. Well, we all had to write something about him. Yeah, that was and, kind and of slanted. In. I know what she wanted out of that thing. I feel I feel duped in that whole yeah. thing. You know, it, well, yeah, okay. So it was kind of weird because <laughs> there were no guidelines. There or, weren't. I could have. I you wrote the thesis of fucking life. and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and I wrote. Yeah, I remember sledding at your house. That's all I wrote. Well, I guess. Well, the I, worst part is I'm I, still disappointed in the whole thing. I, I was shit faced when I wrote that. Well, it was it was awesome because I was like sad and drunk. It was awesome, and I, and I just wrote it out. Um, <laughs> but there's just well, okay, yeah. So to get back to the thesis of life thing, hey, I thought it was funny that me and Dad wrote the same thing about him though. To me, I, the, th- the stuff that me and Dad wrote was the exact same thing, really. Um, it was just the one thing about Grandpa was that you could be a piece of shit or you could be a decent human being, but to start off with, he was going to give you a decent amount of respect. He was going to treat you like a human being, and he was going to treat you with respect. And you know, maybe he wouldn't let you in all the way. You know, maybe he's not going to let you come over and hang out at his house, but he's going to treat you like a decent human being, and he's going to give you the opportunity to show the best of yourself. Yeah, sure. That's something I've thought a lot about. I mean, even okay, I'm, I'm sure we have a bunch of like beer and animal lovers out there. I mean, think about it: when you meet like a strange cat, a strange dog, you know. Your immediate reaction is just to be happy. If you see a happy dog, you'll be happy. If you see a happy, a sad dog, you're you're gonna feel some sort of compassion for it. Sure, you know. Um. But 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 if you see a cat or a dog that you somehow give a shit about, you don't care if it's black or white or orange, or if you see that 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 dog that's either happy or sad, you, you don't think about where it came from or its background. Or any, you don't think about any of that shit. You're just you just have some moment of genuine experience between you and another being. How much better would the world be if you could translate that to actually experiencing that with another fucking human being? So many people rarely do that anymore. You never give anybody the the, the benefit of the doubt. You never give anybody a half second of compassion. You never give anybody a half second of being, hey, you know what? Someone's smiling. I'm going to be happy because I see someone else happy. If you saw a Labrador who was fucking happy, you'd feel oh, like yeah, you were on cloud fucking nine. For that, yeah. God forbid you see a you know a black kid or a Mexican kid or a Chinese kid on cloud nine. They're fucking weird. Who the <laughs> fuck are they coming into your neighborhood? <laughs> that's the Midwesterns throwing out at you right there. Oh, I mean, and that is the thing, but that's that's fucked up. Yeah. If you could give humanity half the decency you gave to a fucking animal or anything else, the world would be a hell of a lot fucking better. Yeah. that That's you bashing on the Marx family is what that is. No. You don't think? No, it, it, no it's not about that. It, 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 it's bigger than that. Okay. It, it's bigger than that. It, that, to me, is that's my bash against the world of 
fucking cell phones and people who don't know how to look one another in the eye anymore and of small town values that should be spread to cities that, but instead the opposite has been done and where even small town people are afraid to look each other one another in the eye and say hello anymore yeah nothing just fucking in that bothers cup. me you got nothing in that cup right now no i don't i'm just rambling on about shit yes it, i think now comes a time for some of the three floyds beer you need a break there a little chud you want me to pour it right now what more three Floyds beer. More three Floyds. I got. I got more three Floyds. We have more three Floyds. More three Floyds. Well, then bring it on. What all right. Got? All right. Keep keep babbling because it's coming. All right. <laughs> Babble. All right. So I will keep babbling. Um. No. Yeah. As far as yeah, you know, there used to be old jaded Chud just fucking ripping on every style of humanity that ever walked the fucking earth on this show, and yes, through the last couple of years of life, I've I've fucking grown up. A little bit, and, and honestly, I, I've turned into fucking Zen. Dude, there's no rants in these last three shows. No, I've turned into Zen Master. No, now, no, so. it's bullshit. I, no, I can't you help. Gotta it. be pissed at somebody. There's somebody that's pissed you off. Well, you know, I, I'm pissed that the people don't realize that. Like every fucking day, you have an opportunity to be a decent human being to somebody fucking else. And uh, honestly, and uh, trust me, yeah, this is me shitting in the face of my old fucking self, <laughs> and I get that. But every, every chance you have to be a decent human being to another human being, that's your chance to put the ripple in the fucking water to making the whole universe fucking better and to stopping uh, you know, folks, people like our politicians from like launching missiles in the face of fucking their neighbors. Folks, he's talking about like karma. Them. You know, do unto others as you want done unto yourself. Yeah. No, you know what? Doing others better than you want done yourself. Well, there's a good chance that you've been raised in such a way that you fucking privately hate yourself for one thing or another. <laughs> so trust you, that's the bad part of the problem. You've been raised in such a way that you're taught to hate yourself, and and you've you're filled with some fucking. I don't. You know what? No, you know what the problem is. I don't think people appreciate what they fucking got anymore. I I just fuck. Uh, you know, I try very hard every day with my kids to find. Try to make them appreciate what they got, but uh, I and I do that. But I don't think other people do that enough. Well, you know, I I don't know if you can really appreciate you get what you got until you go through some period of where you lose it all. Yeah, well, I'm not. I, going, I don't, I'm I don't, not going I don't through know. that anytime soon. No, like but I, I don't know if there's a way to like artificially create that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here, I, I don't pour know. this. I want to describe this beer we're drinking next. I don't know if you can create artificial perspective or hardship for your for anyone yeah. where they might get it. All right, I know this beer or this uh, beer port has been serious it for is. a change. You know what? That's fine. This, this is uh, part three of our coming back to the beer port. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just want to let everybody know that we are back. There's no fucking around at this point. And I just want to tell you what we're drinking now. It's uh, Arctic Panzer Wolf Imperial India Pale Ale. I, I, I've actually been totally excited about this beer. This, one, first off, it's free. We got it again from our representative Cody from yeah. uh, from my uh, good friends at uh, River Bottom Motors. Yeah, free beer doesn't give you a boner. No. <laughs> I'm going to read... You know, it's funny about Three Floyds. This mm-hmm. is a very small script on the side. I will say, you know what? It's kind of funny. This does not look like a Three Floyds It doesn't, beer. does it? No, it doesn't. 
I don't know if they get a different artist or just he went out of his way. Yeah, there's a, like some initials and some fucking artist inscription at the bottom of the wolf. But uh, let me just read you this small script that's uh, been printed down at the bottom of the bottle here. Mm-hmm. Um, a dry and stupendously hopped medium-bodied Imperial India Pale Ale brewed with can- Canadian two-row malt, dextrose sugar, and oh, lots of American hops. Beer. That's funny. He says dextrose sugar and lots of American hops. Arctic Panzer Wolf has superior aromas and marmalade white wine, pine and apricot, all mixed with an intense American hop bitterness. Marmalade white wine and hops. All right. It should be interesting. Cheers. Art by Tim Lehigh of Blackheart Tattoo in San Francisco. Tim Lehigh. Tim Lehigh. I, I know I've read the name before. Have you? Because uh, yeah. you're a tattoo guy, you know. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm trying to work. I guess, I'm trying to decide whether I want to get a neck oh, sleeve shit. part that goes from my wrist to up over my elbow or from below my elbow to up over my shoulder. I'm trying if to you ever want to hold now. a decent job over your elbow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the aroma is ripping on this. Oh, holy shit. As much as we've drank tonight, for a beer to smack me in the face like this, that's pretty impressive. Oh, God oh. Okay, first off, the aroma. The aroma's crazy. And it, uh, uh, three episodes ago, we were talking about... Uh, <laughs> Judd's huffing right now. He's got his hands over the glass. He's got his nose down in it. This is like when I was huffing gas in seventh grade. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> the, the, the floral aroma is just amazing. Okay, the beer pour is very light, and there's not a whole mm-hmm. lot of head or anything like that. It's got a little little cloud there, but uh, holy smokes. Oh, my God, dude. This is a beast. <laughs> it's, so, oh, it's so crisp. It, it's, just, yeah, it's, it's just crisp. It, like, bites. Like, if you walk out, like, the crisp autumn air, you sound like... Brown leaves crunching under your boots as you walk out to your private lake. Like yeah. this is like the Chud. There's like an inch left in this bottle. Oh, dude! I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm for, I'll, I'll be right back. I gotta take a break. What? Yeah. He's saving himself. Give, g- give me a minute. Okay, we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're back from we're our back. Uh, our impromptu break. Chud had to, to take off. I'm tell you what, man. I'm. Okay, so we've done a couple shows here, mm-hmm. and uh, this Arctic Panzer Wolf, this, this might be the cleanest fucking Alka-Seltzer fucking Drano beer I've had in a while. This this shit knocked your palate out. Yeah, you know, that's a good way to put it. It's, it's clean, it, It's clean, but it's not, because it it, it just, you know, there's, a, there's like a Ric Flair chop. Just, you know, this is like an Aryan Nation fucking cleanser, <laughs> is what this is. <laughs> That's why it's Arctic Panzer Wolf, okay? Fuck. Uh, it's, uh, this shit is unbelievable. All right, pull out your fucking nocturnal mortem discs. Whatever that means. And your fucking, uh, oh, what's the fucking band name? Hornets of the Progrom. Hornets? That's a- Hornets of the Progrom. Hornets. <laughs> By, uh, oh, fuck, what's the name of the band? There's this death metal band. And, I'm, and of course, I'm blanking on their name now. Yeah, they're, they're like the most horrible, like 
just all their albums are about like racism and Nazism. Oh, Jesus. And I'm trying to think of what their name is now because as much as I want to hate everything about them, their music is unbelievably fucking good. And I'm like, God Whatever. damn it. Whatever, come on. I'm, I'm glad I can steal this shit because I would never give them a dime for it. But All right, what's the spirit? It's, it, it, it's, it's a weird hard balance for me to take internally. All right, this is an Imperial India Pale Ale, and I'm going to pull up my James Mosher book. Your James Mosher oh, Okay. Oh, no. tasting beer. Here we go. Tasting beer. All right. Son of a bitch. Hey, if we're drunk, can I pull up Imperial yeah, Craft and American Beer and Beyond. Okay. Uh, 123. Uh, India Pale Ale. Where's Double IPA. Here we go. Imperial IPA. I'm going to call it Imperial. What do you right. call it? Uh, Fuck, it says there's shit on page 123. It's about chocolate and dark beer and beer and cheese. <laughs> and I'm on can't... page 213. Imperial uh, is haven't... normally a term applied to beers that were brewed in Belt, Britain. Well, and shipped. Well, now, now, see, here's good information. If if I'm a beer noob, mm-hmm. I'm going to pull up this James Mosher book, and I'm going to learn right now that uh, these beers were shipped to, from Britain mm-hmm. and shipped to the Imperial Court of the Russian Empire during the 19th century. Imperial was... Also used in the 19th century, America designated as the top brewery's range, typically as a pale stock ale and fairly high strength. This term is occasionally... Excuse me while I swallow the mm. hop goodness in my mouth. Uh, this term was occasionally used in England around the turn of this 20th century. Of late, craft brewers have embraced the term and applied to anything that moves... Move stout, porter, brown ale, brown, or pilsner, or more. That's kind of vague. What the fuck is that all about? That's mm-hmm. double or imperial IPA. Your sauce is weak. <laughs> James Mosher sauce. So you, are you well, you know what? Talk about Mosher sauce. Mosher sauce sounds kind of badass. Actually, <laughs> change my name to Mosher sauce. Mosher. <laughs> uh, you know the funny thing about this is this uh, Panzer Commander. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to keep this in glass as long as I possibly can. I, don't, I just uh, I don't want to drink it. This is fantastic. Beer. It is great beer. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. All right. You know, I was thinking. I'm going to bring this back to Grandpa Jim since we're talking about metal moments. Yes. I was thinking most badass moment with Grandpa Jim. All right. Let's hear it. All right. So uh, I'm out with um, me and him are driving the grain truck. And typical badass. Grandpa Jim over and and, and, right? and Dwayne is you know doing the combine. Uncle Dwayne, yeah. Uncle Puss, as he was known. Yes. And something on the somehow the combine starts on fire underneath it. What? Mm-hmm. And there's Grandpa, and he just reaches his hand into some cavern at the bottom of the like combine. And he just pulls out this handful of like flaming corn stalks and shit or whatever. And, like he's like, sorry about that. Okay. And, he, and he's just like pulling out these handfuls. Like like his arm is on fire and he's got like a glove on and like shit on his arm. But it like burns it all up by the end. But he's just pulling out like armfuls of flaming mayhem and like raising it up and throwing it. Throwing it behind him <laughs> out of the bottom of the combine, like yeah. reaching into the gears and just 
Isn't that you know, funny how... It, and, and it's just like, it was just the most badass thing I'd ever seen. And I realized because he yelled at me, he's like, you get away there behind the truck. And I it just told me, like, he was worried the whole thing was going to fucking blow to hell. Yeah, sure. And he's just in there reaching. I remember he was like up to his shoulder reaching into some spot underneath like the... The, the combine is dragging shit out because it was on fire. Yeah, and as, as the older, the more older that I've gotten, I'm like, that's the most badass thing I may have ever seen in my whole friggin' life. But the funny thing is, you were moved by that by forty years or whatever. For him, I mean, the it, the most badass part about that was this is going to fuck up my whole income. You know, I got to get <laughs> the machine fixed. It, it, your whole life is, is pivoted on so many different things. And mm-hmm. and for him at that age, was for him to take care of that. But but at the same time, he was wanting you to be safe mm-hmm. because he wanted wanted you to be safe. Life life is such a dichotomy. It's so yeah, because yeah, yeah, kind of think yeah, if that combine had blew up, he'd be sunk. Yeah, but you'd be safe. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, and I'm a. This is. Uh, this is where life turns so many different ways, and I'm not going to say that I'm I'm superior by any means by having kids. But when I told this to my my dad, to our dad, mm-hmm. years ago, when uh, my daughter was one years when she was first born, there's a lot of things that go through, and I, and I think that it's it's probably part of our our anatomy. It's part of our physiology. There's something about that goes through our bloodstream that makes us want to protect our young. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I told my dad, our dad, mm-hmm. that you know anything that even comes near my daughter that even risks her, I'll fucking kill for her. And it's weird because it's like an it's like a hormone that like courses mm-hmm. through you. Yeah, you will kill for your child. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that people don't have children. Uh, and maybe and someday, hopefully, it blesses you. Um, I don't think people can understand that unless they have kids. Hmm. I mean, and it, it, the weird thing is, I mean, I I only get it from like an uncle perspective. Yeah. Now, now, as far as that, like, very primal part of it, like I remember when Uncle Chump, you know, with his ex-wife, he had those two kids. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time. I mean, I spent like every day with them. A lot of times during the week, yeah. helping them with their homework. And I used to go to the skating rink. I used to pick up, um, pick skating up skating rink, mm-hmm. like, like ice skating or just well, no, like like the roller rink. Like, okay, okay, okay. But the girls would because that was the big thing. The girls would go do when they were like thirteen, and you know, and you know they were Hispanic, and I would show up. I was the gringo in the fucking death metal no, shirt. I'll guarantee it. Oh, yeah. dude, I was scaring the fuck out of every 12-year-old little boy I could. I was like, yeah. yeah. I was just terrifying these children, and it was yeah, okay. awesome. Keep that microphone up to your face. I'm going to kill you. All right, sorry. Okay. So, so I, was, <laughs> I was terrifying these children, and yeah. it was awesome. Um, And I dig that part. So on the primal violence part, I get that. There was something though. I just recently, with Grandpa passing, yeah, and with that whole sort of like cousins looking up to me thing. I mean, like I knew, I knew my actions as far as like me being a decent human being would be an influence on your children. Yeah, I don't think I realized the extent. 
extent of the responsibility of that until I saw cousins who I hadn't seen in 10 years looking to me for advice, looking to me to understand how to process a situation. And I suddenly, I suddenly realized, like, even the stuff that doesn't even mean anything means something. Mm-hmm. Every, every little thing you do, every single day, every little interaction, somehow that all adds up. Yeah, dude, you were a rock. I mean, really, you were the rock that everybody could grab onto during that whole situation mm-hmm. with Grandpa Jim. Yeah, I mean, what? I mean, really, I mean, like, you know. Why? Yeah, it was weird. I didn't think about it until you know the bit of that day, but like, but I mean, all of Grandpa's children, I mean, you know, Dad and all my aunts and uncles, they all came up and thanked me for holding everything together. No, you and were that, there. I mean, you think about it from all the time from mm-hmm. Bloomington hospitals, all the way up to Mayberry. I mean, and I, I give you credit. I mean. You spent so much of your own personal time there. You spent nights. Mm-hmm. You were there all night, right? Mm-hmm. How many nights? Can you even count them? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you were doing all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I I, can't even imagine. I mean, that's... Fuck. I, 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 honestly, when my, my grandparents die, I can't even imagine going through the shit mm-hmm. that you've gone through. And you're ten years younger than me. My, my, the, only thing, the only thing that bothered me is that I know Megan and Mandy did just as enough, just as much, if not more they than did. I did. They did, but because I was the oldest, I felt like I got credit for it. No, I, I knew, I knew that Megan had spent that much time, mm-hmm. and I and I thanked her mm-hmm. because I knew her and Teresa and Dad. Mm-hmm. You know those. Although I didn't know Mandy had spent as much time, but. Yeah, um, Mandy. Ma- Ma- Mandy's awesome. Yeah, Mandrew. Ma- Ma- Mandy's awesome. It- it's weird though. When all of a sudden I realized, like, oh my god, you're eighteen. You're eighteen. Is she eighteen? She's eight fucking teen. Yeah. And and sometimes she's the youngest so, of all the great grandkids. Though. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny that I'm the oldest and she's the youngest, and yeah. me and her have gotten the closest out of all of us. Really? Yeah. And, but maybe that distance is the whole. I don't mean that's why we've gotten the closest though is that well this is what I've realized is that uh, after all this mayhem yeah she keeps showing up in my house and she just wants to talk where's Mandrew live she lives up by uh, Joliet really Mm -hmm. but on Thursdays she always comes down to party with her her Palin cousin and they get shit faced and hang out but (laughs) she wants to hang out with me first for like two or three hours and just talk about life and get some perspective on stuff I feel like I'm trying to wrap it back up together. It's tough, dude. And here's the thing. Yeah, I realize if there's going to be... You're, I realize it's my job as the oldest. It is yours. It, it, it's my job. If this stuff is going to keep together, it's going to be my job to do it. No, good luck because... I, I just, you know, it's harder and harder these days. Mm-hmm. The family tight. Yeah, I, I don't know if I... I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if I can. I, I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm. I don't. I don't. I don't know that it works like it used to. I'm, I'm going to tell you this because mm-hmm. I, I I I said this to um, mom and dad the other day. For what my my aunts have done with my mom to keep the family close mm-hmm. is very difficult because 
now what I've gone through with you and my brother, mm-hmm. uh, I realized that when I was a kid, I I remember I said something to Grandpa Weldon. I said, I, I may have said this to him too. I said, why aren't you close with Uncle Roy and Uncle... Um, Try to think of his fucking name over there. Uh, the other uncle over in Champagne. Mm-hmm. It's sad that I don't know his name, but oh, we never were close. To like that's fucking crazy. Because when I'm when I'm old, I'm going to be close to all my brothers and all that. You know, it's, that's mm-hmm. stupid. Why wouldn't you be close to your brothers? But it's harder than you think. Mm-hmm. As you get older, yeah. I mean, it's, well, it's one of the things where like it's easy for us. I mean, we live close to each other. Yeah, I mean, and 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 you know, and no one in your family sucks. Like, like you know, I mean, like, no, like I like I love you to death. Yeah. I fucking I love Ar- Woo, Margaret. Ar- yeah. Ar- I'm sorry, yeah, Margaret. I I I love your kids. Like they don't suck. Yeah, like they could suck. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Like they could suck, and I could be like, fuck oh. them. Well, Groucho's married to this total whore, but you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I, I fucking, I, I love it to death. I, Margaret or Margaret, sorry. Um, <laughs> I could hang out with her if you weren't around, and I feel yeah. like we could probably fucking entertain each other in one way or another. You know, um, I, I, and I appreciate that. And that's a hard thing to bring into this family. There's one thing I've learned. It is hard to bring an outsider into this family. Oh, yeah. Oh, no doubt. Oh, dude. Yeah. Mom's 60th birthday party would show that. You can't just bring anybody into this no. piece of bullshit. No, you got to be in the midst. Oh, it was funny. It's, it's funny because me and Sister Sly, we talked a lot about this yeah. before she married James. Yeah. It was in that, like, oh, especially because for whatever reason, James, much as I love the guy, he comes off as like a fucking autistic kid with mental problems on his fucking Facebook. <laughs> so if that's all you knew of him, you you would think that he was like walking on all fours yeah. and eating fucking trees and chewing on tree stumps or something, you know? Yeah, true. I mean, it was the worst part. But I, I love the guy to death. Spending time with him, he's he's amazing. But that's all they saw of him. And they were like... I don't know who this fucking retard is married to my daughter. I was like, no, 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 trust me. He He's a good guy. You're, yeah. She's doing the right thing. Like, I don't know. You just can't bring bullshit into this family. It no. won't fly. It'll, no. it'll get eaten alive. No, no, James is a good yeah. guy. I like him. He fucking loaded Aiden up with uh, all kinds of Games Workshop shit, too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where this episode's gone. This, yeah, the, the, the Arctic Panzer Commander is unfair. Fucking real! It's really good, and the beer report is just dissolved into total. No, it's episode mess. three of of what has gone on for the last couple months has mm-hmm. kept us from doing shows. No, oh, it's true. Yeah. It's true. You know, we we want to do shows. It's not like we mm-hmm. said, "Fuck this!" We're not doing the beer report. This is the beer report country song series. Yeah, no wives left us. Our cats died. <laughs> <laughs> No. Grandpa died. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, things have been tough. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I I see no reason why we wouldn't do any more shows. We're mm. going to fucking kill it. Yeah. Fuck you and I got another 10 years in the bank. <laughs> 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 Fuck craft beer radio. Those guys don't got nothing oh. to take. As a matter of fact, I guarantee you by July, 
we'll be doing a show on the fucking deck in the fucking woods, and uh, we'll be hearing fucking hoot owls. We'll be yeah. killing it. Yeah. Oh, eventually, this point. Or we're going to get the sound of uh, your daughter and I killing animals in the backyard of <laughs> Boas and Arizona. Well, I'm not recording that shit. <laughs> but thanks for the fucking impressions. Uh, it's yeah. more entertaining than not saying that. So. Yeah. yeah. And life is limited. Yeah. I mean, how much how much do you have you to work with? Yeah. And it, it, but in some ways, it's positive, though. In some ways, it is really positive because I... I was not necessarily a good person during that a whole lot of that period. That doesn't matter. But I mean, but as long as you recognize, okay, as long as you recognize that you know for the, this last seven years, it's a chunk of my life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're positive or negative during that version, but you you recognize right now what you have left. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know the value of that scope, right? Yeah. I don't, I mean, here's the thing. Like, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I want your kids to know me. Here's the thing. There will come a point in time, whether you like it or not, when your kids want to rebel against you because... It, I'm sure. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So I want to give the... I want to make sure that I'm there to be Dark Uncle Den. <laughs> I'm Weirdo Uncle Den. <laughs> You know, you're not that dark. I mean, I could steer you to help influence my children. You'd probably but, be okay with but, that. But, but no, but, but you, you know me. I could give them the image that I'm the most fucked up, twisted bastard in the world. Yeah, well, they probably think you do versus all the Catholic kids in school. But. Well, exactly. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, because trust me, the first time Summer looks at a couple of the CDs in my collection, she'll think I'm the fucking devil himself. And that's I, I'm gonna, you know what? And, and as far as I'm concerned, that's good. I, yeah. I would like them to think that as far as they can, because when they rebel, when they decide, you two, you and Angela, you and Margaret, piss them off to no end. I, I I can look like the most rebellious son of a bitch in the world. Please steer but, them but, towards but, the dead Kennedys. But, and, I can, uh, but I can roll them right back into the proper values. Yeah. You know what? I, at this point, it's funny how everything that I valued in the 80s, mm-hmm. like the dead Kennedys and all that stuff, it's so funny how that stuff mm-hmm. is like the, still the same now, 2013. Yeah. Dude, Stars and Stripes of Corruption is the Play it 80- again. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to tell you what. We're, we're talking about going to D.C. at spring mm-hmm. break. Assuming we sold our house. Um, I may play that song all the way to fucking Virginia. Mm-hmm. So my kids think of fucking piss on the lawn at the <laughs> Washington Monument, I'm telling you. And we're going to have to probably stop the show because you and I need to talk and drink <laughs> and drink this Arctic Panzer by ourselves. Yeah. Uh, shit. This is episode three of the comeback shows. Don't call it a comeback. Yeah. No, this is a comeback show, but uh, I want to also say this is maybe the... Uh Rebirth, and, and 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 we can get in this. This is the maybe yes yeah, spiritual rebirth of the beer report. As, as far as what was always great about the beer report, it was never the beer. <laughs> oh fuck the beer! We never care about the beer. That was, we never give Rick, a shit about the Rick beer. Rick at Good Beer Show or no? Uh, uh, Big foamy head. He always bitched us. And we never cared about the beer. Fuck the beer. Yeah. No. The, the the beer report has always been an excuse for me and Grouch to hang out. 
and have fun and laugh at each other. Agreed. And if it ever becomes anything other than that, I will tell you all to fuck off because the reason... I won't say that because I'm a whore. Yeah, well... uh, (laughs) Yeah. I'm more mental than he is. The reason I do this is always been and always will be an excuse to hang out with my brother and drink good beer. And I've said that for years. I Mm -hmm. said, you know what? If we didn't have the beer port, you know, Chud and I would not hang out. So this is... uh, I don't think that. No, it's true. It is true. Because I've said, this this is our attraction to each other. If you and I didn't have this, we would not sit down, be honest with each other, and have... Intense conversations about stupid, and it may be stupid, but it's it's uh, real. I think I think we I think we would find some other outlet. I don't think do we it. would. I don't think you and I would. I think we would because I think because I w- you drive over from Bloomington just to have these conversations on no, on the mic. but but I I would find another reason to have these conversations. With yeah, but you. you may not be as open to them if you weren't drunk. But <laughs> no, but but do you think I would drive over to Bloomington just to sit? With a at a bar with you and, and have these conversations? No, you don't. So well, I don't think you would. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have to show up here, otherwise yeah. this would not yeah, happen. Well, that's what happens. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is all you, really. When it comes down Let's to say, it, this this is my fifteen bucks in gas money every time we, we do a show. Oh, fuck so. off! <laughs> fuck off! I pay, you know, how much beer do you pay for tonight? Nothing. Fuck you! We got all this for free. You didn't pay for it either. Right? Yeah, I, I fucking, my dick, I fucking shilled you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is how we fucking get along. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, this <laughs> where are we at? I who the fuck knows? I don't know. Yeah, where you does know. it go from here? Where do, where all the extended family go from here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at this point, it's a bunch of fucking. You had a centralized point. And now it's gone. So where does it all this fucking mm-hmm. go from there? Yeah, nobody's gonna be calling it all back every year to come back for Thanksgiving or think you know Christmas or whatever. No, and here's the thing, especially on the Rathman side, if it's gonna stick together, it's my job to do it. I got to be the one to do it, Nick. Yeah, otherwise it won't happen. Hmm. And there's half of them I really want to see again. No, there's half of them I want to punch. All in the right, face right now. all right, yeah. so. What, what? There was nothing tidy about this episode. This, no, this is okay. This, this episode has probably been a mess. If it doesn't if, matter, if you can even turn this into an episode, it will be an episode. Here's the thing: this this episode here is probably why the show has not been here for three three months. True, because because you and I talked, you and I sat and still and drank some beers. <laughs> at, yeah. You know, after sitting with Grandpa Jim. Yeah, we did, and I honestly thought that night might have been his last breath. That was awesome. Well, you know, yeah, I just kind of funny because you said that's. I thought that was it. I didn't think I was going to see. I it can't again believe it. I honestly thought that night. I told I told Mark when I came home. I said, "This is it. He's done this weekend." Mm-hmm. He lived another what two weeks after that? I think it was a week. Week maybe because I because I remember when he's like, "I want to just want to go home and I want to die." And I was talking to Dad about it, and he's like, you know, Grandpa's just like me, right? And he's like, what's that mean? And it's like, Dad, nothing goes easy with this son of a bitch. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm more, I was like, I'm more like Grandpa than anyone else in this family. This is going to go on too long. <laughs> I was yeah. like, this, this is going to go on weeks farther than it should because yeah. he's, 
everything about his physical form is just as stubborn as mine. And yeah. This is going to be dude, bad. Dude, and he went down to nothing. I mean, the dude literally whittled himself down to nothing before he was gone. Yeah. Well, the weird thing is, is I'm watching that. Not only do you have to see it, but I'm thinking, oh, fuck, that's me, dude. I don't, I don't do anything fucking easy. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> if there's something that can be done, I have to make it harder than can be just to do it, just because. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So, we'll kill this episode like Grandpa Jim. Fucking make it hard as it possible. Yeah. Well, you're, you're. <laughs> luckily, I don't have to edit this bullshit. That's your job. That's my job. But you know what? Now you can roll it out. Like you, I said, you, you don't have to give a fuck, so I guess you can roll the whole thing out. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Fuck you. <laughs> Tweet of hell.